Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, I know for a while people have said, oh, my goodness, we need a new CDC director. We need to replace a lot of jobs. But with the CDC director, this is a progressive Democrat saying this now? Yeah, well, Rochelle Walensky, the uh, CDC director, is going to become the scapegoat for the Biden administration's failures on COVID. Uh, And I think we're starting to see the signs of that right now because nobody really knows what the CDC is recommending. None of this stuff makes sense, and it hasn't made sense for quite some time. They're just confusing the hell out of people, and it doesn't help your case when the CDC director goes out there, gives guidance, and then gets kneecapped by her bosses in the White House because some teachers' unions or whatever sent a memo. But this has been going on yeah. from the jump with her. So Democratic Representative Rokana says he wants someone else running the CDC now, uh, blaming the lack of COVID testing and treatment options on Rochelle Walensky instead of Joe Biden or anybody in the White House. So this was on Fox News. I think we need someone who is compassionate, who is consistent, and where the messaging is clear. And we need someone who is going to uh, really help make sure that we have testing for everyone, that we have masks for everyone. I like the first line, being compassionate. Right. Okay. If there's one thing it seems that Walensky is, is compassionate, right. consistent. I can't believe I'm sitting here defending her right now. You just did. She gets her marching orders. She goes out and says them, and then they change their mind. Right. But you're right. She is going to be the scapegoat. Uh, that we're getting that done. So I had floated to she's child. There may be others, uh, but I do think we need a clearer, better uh, communication. Do you think uh, we should have had the mass and the testing probably on December 1, given what we were seeing happening in South Africa? Well, not only that, it's the Christmas season. You know, people are getting together. That right. doesn't jump up at you. That's on the freaking calendar. Sure. Absolutely. I, I, I said that. Others have said that. Uh, look, it's one thing for the country not to be able to produce semiconductors and that being in Taiwan and South yeah. Korea. That's a real problem. Yep. But come on. Masks? Testing two years into this, this is America. We should be able to get everyone an N95 mask. Not to mention, we should be able to have universal not testing. Not to mention treatment. Should... Oh, yeah. Thank you for throwing in treatment. Yeah. Because we've ignored that. We've ignored natural immunity. As far as the masks go, I mean, we could go down that road again. It is a load of nonsense. People are done. Yeah, well, said no, this I many times. That. For the most part, there there's a group of people in the United States that are just done. Well, and you see it wherever you go now. I mean, there's a sign on all the doors, you know, the, the state or whatever county at masking required, but nobody's doing it, and no one's enforcing it. No. no I, well, I would say there are some professional facilities that will still... Doctor's office or something. But not all. Yeah. No. No, no, you're right. I just right. want to leave I mean, it at that. No, you're right. But it, it is, and you and I have pointed this out several times. If you've been to a high school basketball game, junior high basketball game, volleyball game, whatever. Well, 60% of the country, they don't have to worry about right. it because they're not masking at school. And the kids are got them around their necks. Yeah, it's a joke. You're so, you have to have a mask. To okay. everybody. I guess you didn't say where I had to have it. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. 
But that whole thing, and we'll get into this later, too. You notice the left and media, there's a shift on COVID. It's like they're calling out the obvious now. Mm -hmm. After months and months and months of ignoring the obvious. You know, cloth masks, they're not that effective. Well, if there's anyone that has followed either independent or conservative-leaning news or does any search on their own, they already knew that. But for the people that only follow legacy media, that's probably new news. Oh, my gosh, the cloth it doesn't do that good. Where's right. the 95s? We're going to die. All of a sudden, they're admitting things like this. There's a reason for it. We'll get into that a little bit later. Cloth mask lobby is stringently opposed to it. <laughs> Man, I saw this headline, David. You grabbed the audio and everything. I can't wait to hear it. This is a Democratic strategist right now. Yeah, Paul Vigala, uh, he had the most amazing take ever when it comes to the failure of the Biden administration to do anything competently. And so they're kicking around on CNN, low polling. Hey, what can? why is it that uh, Joe Biden can't pass this quote-unquote voting rights thing? And it's like, well, because 52 senators say no. That's... And That's it's really it. not about voting rights. No, it's not. So it's not about the popularity of the president, and it's not about the popularity of his proposals. It's these Democratic voters who just aren't getting out in the street enough. This is incredible. And who is this? Paul Begala. Oh, gosh. Paul oh, I think the problem for the Democrats right now is, is not that they have bad leaders. They're bad followers. In other words, those of us who want to save voting rights, we need to get to work. I, I do think Biden is putting everything behind this, but he needs he needs better followers. So he needs all of us in the game as well. All of us. Okay, let me go back to this one little thing he said. To save voting rights, we need to get to work. I what is a Democratic voter supposed to do as far as get to work on that? What does that mean? Anybody have a clue? No. Well... Unless it's, you know, organizing on the street strategies or, you know. What, to go talk to Kirsten Cinema or March. Joe Manchin? Please, please, please change your mind. Please, please, right. please. They already said they're not doing it. And it's not really about voting rights. No, it never has been. So you always say, well, you know, we just need to do the hard work. You're talking about the voters? What are you talking about? What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just blame shifting. Take the pressure off of Biden. Yeah. Although, at the same time, you have a lot of media outlets all of a sudden going after Biden. You know, saying things you they wouldn't have said a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, he seems old. It just doesn't seem like he's up for this. I mean, the turning is <laughs> again, happening. Again, yeah. breaking news. Yeah, no kidding. Joe Biden might be a tad senile. Exactly. I mean, we've known this for a long, long time, but it's just now the media is waking up to it. And I think... Part of it has to do with they're realizing they can't just gaslight forever. People mm -hmm. figure things out. They can see with their own eyes what's happening. And you're talking about, you know, moderate Democrats who are not happy with Biden. Mm -hmm. I mean, the far left, no one's happy with what's going on. It's crazy. But it does seem to be there's a reason all this is happening at the same time. I don't know if you guys saw the story, and it's one of those where I suppose if you see the picture, it pays off a little bit more. It's posters that have gone up in D.C., and I'm sure a lot of them have already come down, but they're Soviet style. Mm -hmm. It's like with just the block letters mm -hmm. 
and it looks like the old communist-type posters, but it's pictures of Biden with needles saying, obey. Yeah. Yeah, good kids are compliant kids. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. There's a picture of Joe uh, with his hands up and needles around him, and then at the bottom of it, you see all these children with red masks on. Yes. Yeah, looking up at him. That's that's where we are right now. People are waking up to that. And I don't think they thought that this would happen, especially in D.C. And I'm sure they'll come down, but still. Oh, they will eventually, yeah. You know, people are very unhappy. Merrick Garland is starting a new task force to investigate. <laughs> oh, exactly. Really. Who put those up? But it's but it's only a matter of time, you know. Well, yeah, and then lock them up um, in solitary. Right. We'll tell them later what they're charged with, okay? Because I'm sure we'll figure that out. But as far as who dropped those bombs off, at the Republican and Democratic headquarters. You know, we're still flummoxed on that one. That's a new category, billboard terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know what? Uh, I don't know if you guys heard the same thing I heard from a, a number of people just talking about news stories that happen to be out there. It was the owner or one of the owners of the Golden State Warriors. David played the audio yesterday. Um and you can pronounce his name better than anybody else on this show, David. Uh, hard name, hard name. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's pretty much it. Chamath Palihapitiya. Hapatia. Very well done, i got to say, man. Good yeah. job on that he, he was on a podcast, and he was talking about the Uyghur Muslims who were being held in concentration camps in China. And he... Well, he said the thing that a whole lot of people, especially in the sports, entertainment, and media realm and political realm, uh, don't want to say out loud. When it comes to China and the Uyghur Muslims, he doesn't care. Right. Genocide, he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And he tells you most people don't care. You just can't believe he actually said it. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really care. And I think it's nice that you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard. Wait, wait, I'm you're saying you, you very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, oh, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. <laughs> wow, still blown away by it. He's because right because he's he is being honest. You can say that's a terrible person. Sure, absolutely. I don't disagree. But there's a lot of people in that boat. He just said it. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think it's one thing to say, you know, you read about what happens over there and what's been happening over there for a long time and to say, oh, my gosh, that's awful. Somebody should do Mm -hmm. something about it. But the reality is most people, and I don't think you're a horrible human being if you're in this boat, most people read it, say, wow, that's terrible. That government is evil. And then they move on with their day. Mm -hmm. And I think he is right. It's just not a lot of people want to admit that about themselves, because if you really cared, like I said yesterday, again, banning or boycotting the Olympics would be a no-brainer. We would be demanding NBC cancels all coverage of it. Mm -hmm. We would be demanding that companies like Nike and Apple cease operations in China. We would be – it – and the fact that there isn't this groundswell, this massive support for it, shows that, yeah, most people read about it. They say, oh, that sucks, and then they move on with their day. It's like this slippery slope, I think, David, 
for a lot of people, like I know a number of people, if they know something is now made in China, they're going to try to stay away from it. Mm. But so often you're just trying to order something. Um, you're doing business with, say, it's an American company, but benefits greatly from China. You're like, okay, where do I stop as far as support that's putting money to China? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. With this particular guy with the Warriors and the NBA, the billions of dollars <laughs> we're talking about that come from China is huge. And so that's been brought up with them before. Like, you're you're benefiting. I mean, it's easy to track that. And he just flat out says, yeah, I don't care. Nobody cares. And nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really what? care. And I think what that's do you mean, nice that you cares. care. The rest of us don't care. <laughs> and it's just astounding. And you wonder, is that going to be a question that will go down to the players? Will it go down to general managers, other owners? There's almost like this pact, it seems. I don't. It seems like it. When you're talking about ESPN, the NBA, all right, there's certain things we're not going to talk about because we just don't want to stop this gravy train. But if, you know, an ESPN and a lot of people that work there say you really want to be journalists, ask the tough questions, they would. But I don't expect that to happen. Yeah, because they call to boycott the my pillow guy. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> you know, come on, man. But by the way, and we'll get to the story a little bit later, they're trying to walk that back down. Yeah. A little tough. Okay. Oh, we got to get to this. Delane Maxwell was dating Prince Andrew when he was allegedly having sex with the uh, accuser? What? Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, what's the story of the uh, father of the murdered UCLA student? This is a terrible Gosh, story. It is man. an awful story. 24 year old UCLA grad student named Brianna Kupfer was murdered while working at a luxury furniture store in LA. She Apparently, she wasn't supposed to be there that day, but she got called in. She was there by herself, which that in and of itself, in these troubled times, especially in a place like LA, is uh, that's questionable as well uh she was there alone a guy walked in and stabbed her killed her uh her father todd kupfer was on fox and friends and i thought managed to keep it together pretty well even as he was torching some of these well what i what i describe as pro-criminal policies that so many leaders in places like los angeles have embraced mayor's you know, DA stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not blaming anybody by name. I blame what's endemic in our society right now is that everybody seems to be oriented on giving back rights and bestowing favor on people that rob others of their rights. We should be celebrating the good in people and trying to recognize that that's the job they have is to try to elevate that, to make communities better, to make people care more, to not tear down communities by exposing them wow. to people 
they're falling out the bottom that really don't care about the other human beings and just think they can do whatever they like in our society and they are doing it more and more in every community totally measured wow yep i mean you know we don't we still don't know a lot about the assailant in this case because cops are still looking for him last i saw but you know this would be one of several instances or potentially could be one of several instances we've seen in places like los angeles san francisco portland uh, New York, Seattle, where people who in a normal measured society would be locked up mm-hmm. for a long time are let out. You know, they got a lengthy criminal record and they're let out on cashless bail or no bail, whatever. And then they go and do something worse while they're out awaiting trial. And you know what, David? It's not just those big cities. It's like smaller towns all through the United States that are seeing record numbers of, like, juvenile crime. Yeah. People get beat up, shootings, and all of a sudden you'll see a media outlet. Why is this happening? Why the heck do you think it's happening? Well, what's the one thing? What message has been sent over the last two years? What's the one thing that prevents people from moving into a life of crime? The one thing is fear of punishment. Sure. When that fear is removed, there's no barrier anymore. Like, well, it's, what's really bad going to happen? Well, there's no downside. Out. Right, you're out in eight hours or 12 hours or whatever, and you're back out doing whatever it is you do. There's no downside. No. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out. Well, there, yes. We're, we're going to have to do some studies on this. No, yeah. you don't. No, that's... I'll, let me Academic save you the money, idiot. Spend seven minutes here with us three. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take high IQ, right? Well, no, of course Dave, not. Except for David. Yeah. Okay, this upcoming documentary says, check it. Elaine Maxwell and Prince Andrew were dating while he was allegedly having sex with the accuser, oh, the underage wow. girl. You've seen a little bit on this documentary, David. Yeah, it's very weird, the relationships and how intertwined these people's lives were. I mean, these weren't just passing friendships or acquaintances, right? I mean, these were, on the one hand, it appears that with Prince Andrew was a client-salesman relationship between him and Jeffrey Epstein, and apparently it goes deeper than that when it comes to the madam, Jelaine Maxwell. Because at one point she's also linked to Epstein romantically. Yeah. But then she helped get all these girls for him, was trafficking. But Prince Andrew also dated Maxwell while she was also getting underage girls for him. Yes. Yeah, they went to movies. That's together. the allegation out there, yeah. Held hands. He got the soda, she got the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you always ask the funniest questions to me, Scott, in a situation like this. What do they do on a date? I don't freaking well, what do you, know. What's Prince Andrew and Ghislaine Maxwell the do? Fact. They're dating. I don't. What do they do? Talk it, about m- girls that she can get for them later? I have no go idea. Go to the Olive Garden? Endless bread bowl? I don't know. I got to get to this. How did Michael Phelps do answering the question about the trans swimmer? You'll want to hear this. Coming up.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial is David Van Camp. Scott Robbins. No, not Gen Z. He's got people fooled. He's the baby boomer. Okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to fool anybody. I'm happily the baby boomer. Well, I know that. I'm just saying you're so hip and cool. Well, people yeah. think, man, the guy must be 28. Yeah, at least. I, I guess that would make him well. a millennial. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to Fauci. Uh, can we get through this quick? We're all tired of Fauci. Oh, sure. Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci spoke at the World Economic Forum. I bet he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm a humble public servant. Uh, he was asked about whether or not this Omicron variant of the coronavirus is the thing that effectively ends the pandemic because, well, it spreads like crazy, but it's also much milder. And so does does this pave the way, essentially, uh, for the coronavirus just kind of being a seasonal nuisance in the long run? Uh, but he says, of course, it's too soon to tell because now, get this, we're in the first of five stages of the pandemic <laughs> Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right, here we go. When I talk about the pandemic, I put it Uh, into five phases, the truly pandemic phase where the whole world is really very negatively impacted as we are right now. Then there's the deceleration of the pandemic. Then there's control. Then there's elimination and eradication. I think if you look at the history of infectious diseases, we've only eradicated one infectious disease in man, and that's smallpox. That's not going to happen with this virus. Have you guys heard him say this before in this way? Because it's possible and I just didn't hear it. Uh, I have not. No, I haven't. Not that I recall. Okay. But he said so many things. It's hard. I understand. Yeah. I thought once we reach herd immunity. Oh, yeah. Remember, well, we heard about that. Yeah. Then we'd be getting back to normal and all of that. Now it's five phases. Yes. And this is, again, the World Economic Forum. Yes which a year ago talked about the Great Reset. Mm -hmm. Well, the Great Reset takes a while, doesn't it? I'm guessing it would take five phases. Just (laughs) guessing. Well, to strip away power from people. At the end of five, it all comes back to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember last May, he was on CNN, and Wolf Blitzer asked him what inning we were in. <laughs> yeah, right, yes. Do we have that? Uh, yeah. The baseball metaphor, yes. So you think the seventh, the eighth inning, or late innings, what, what inning are you talking about? Uh, how about the, the bottom of the sixth? Bottom Try that one. Sixth. Oh. All right, we'll, I'll go with the bottom of the sixth. That's not too bad. All right, Dr. Fauci, as usual, we'll go to a baseball game one of these days. <laughs> but what I failed to say was that this is the divisional round, and so there are five. It's a best of five. If I just say this real quick and say, do you think the guy should be in jail? What's your gut reaction? Based on what we know now, I don't. I think he should be on trial. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that won't. I mean, I always say, is that ever going to happen? Will that happen? No, no, that's never going to happen. Unless, of course, we turn over more rocks. I mean, if there's a regime, that's going to happen at some point. If there's a uh, a a red wave coming in 2022, we may see the heat get turned up a lot hotter. I don't know. Okay, so for the people that think that, yeah, there's truly a case against him. Yeah. With all the evidence that we have currently, how many people in America do you think actually know that evidence even exists? Not a lot. I mean, we heard it from Jake Tapper on CNN after one of the dust ups between Fauci and Senator Rand Paul. Jake Tapper said explicitly, I don't I don't want to get into what Rand Paul was talking about there. Right. 
You don't want to get in on the idea of funding risky research around the world, including in China, where this pandemic began, involving the specific lab where the coronavirus may have originated. Or the fact that you're lying about what was originally said about the leak and what happened. And, you know, the five experts that all told he and Francis Collins, it's a little chance that that came from nature. That came from a lab. Yeah. But I I mean, it it all lines up. Yeah. But, I mean, for a lot of, of the country, you just keep watching every day, and it's amazing this guy is still in charge. Yeah. Oh, it's very remarkable. frustrating. Very frustrating. Um, we'll move to uh, this story. This uh, caught my attention because, you know, the Beijing Olympics are coming up. And so Michael Phelps, not in the Winter Games, but in the Summer Games, most decorated Olympic athlete in American history. And something that's very near and dear to his heart is mental health. Because, you know, for a guy that we all thought, man, it must be great every day waking up as Michael Phelps. Yeah, not so much. No, man, he was suicidal. Mm -hmm. He had a a lot of mental issues to work through. And so, you know, now he's thinking, uh, that's sort of my gig to go out and talk about mental health. And if you go back 10 years, that would be the kind of gig where you're going on the Today Show you're going on Fox News, on Fox and Friends. You're going oh, wherever they'll have you. You're out there with the message, right? Yeah. But in these politicized times, if you're Michael Phelps, you're going to be asked a lot of other questions, too. So he goes on CNN. Okay. He's asked about the transformer from the University of Pennsylvania. I can go either way on this. I can get um, right to his answer, or I can do the setup question from one of our favorites, Christine Amapu. Oh, we're going to hear the setup question. Yeah, let's hear yeah. the setup. Yeah. The setup question takes like 30 seconds. Okay. Okay, here we go. There is, as you know, a certain amount of controversy around the University of Pennsylvania college, college swimmer by the name of Leah Thomas. And there are some people who are questioning her, I'm not sure what the right word is, her right to, to swim on a woman's team. She's transgender. What do you make of that? She's obviously doing exceptionally well. She also has been taking testosterone suppressants, um, but nonetheless does much better, according to the records, than her female con- con- contestants. You think? I was just cracking up. She said the testosterone suppressants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Van Camp rolls his eyes in a way I hadn't seen in a long time. Well, it's not just the hormones that you I have know. coursing through your veins. It is also muscular structure, skeletal structure, your size, that does not go away. From having testosterone in you right, for pretty much, for pretty much your entire life. Anyway, so we get to the Phelps part. And I just want you to listen to his reaction, and then I want to hear what you think of his answer. What do you make of, um, of this particular situation? I mean, look, like I... I I'll say, you know, I, I can talk from a standpoint of, of doping. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've competed in a clean field in my entire career. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think this leads back to the organizing committees again um, because it has to be a level playing field. I think that's something that, that we all need um, because it's it, like that's what sports are. 
Uh, and, and for me, um, I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know um, what's going to happen. Um, I, I believe that we all should feel comfortable with who we are in our own skin. Um, but I think sports should all be played at an even playing field. I don't know what that looks like in the future. Okay, I'll just stop wow, there for a that's second. A squishy no answer answer, wasn't it? I want to say that's one of the best Stevie Ray Vaughn covers I've ever heard. He was walking that tightrope. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> but you know, there's, well, there's a few seconds left. I'll go ahead and let it finish. Um, but it's 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 <laughs> it's hard. It, it, it's a really it, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. It's what complicated. To say. Uh, it's very complicated, and and um, you know this is this is my sport. This has been my sport my whole entire career, um, and and I honestly the one thing I would love is everybody to be able to compete on an even playing field. That's all I can say. Okay, that was the answer. Yeah. So you don't like it, Scott? Well, no, it's it's so politiciany. It's so McGurkiny. I mean, it's, <laughs> he talks for a long time and really doesn't come to any conclusion at all. He's trying to play both sides, and you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he was playing both sides. I think it's pretty clear when he's when he comes out of the gate comparing it to doping. Well, yeah, I think you know where that guy stands on this. You do where that, he's that playing was... mm-hmm. both sides is being careful to not have this mob pounce on him. You know what? When I heard it, I thought to myself a couple of different things. One was okay. This is what so many people in the world today do on a daily basis they have an opinion on something controversial but they just want to get along most people do they they don't want the conflict and they may know they're talking to somebody that has a different opinion than them and they really don't want the conflict so you kind of put your opinion out there but with the qualifier of but i want everybody to feel comfortable with themselves I don't want to hate on people, but it's got to be an equal playing field. And, dang, I just want to talk about mental health. That's it. Can we be done with this? And the other part of me is, Michael, you know what the truth is. Have the guts to say it and say it strong. But I'm not in his shoes. It's not complicated to me, though. No. I I know Christy Amanpour, and they were like, well, this is very complicated. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not complicated. Right. If you're a man, you 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 participate with men. If you're a woman, you participate with women. Yes, I'm with you. Unless 100%. there's an other category, I'm with you 100, percent which we don't have yet. But and now I'm I'm going into mind reading territory when I don't know this is really the case. But if I had to guess, this is what I would think. Phelps knows that if he comes out strong and says, "Listen, everybody can have their own beliefs. Biological males should not be competing with females." Period. The end. There's a number of reasons why. All you got to do is look into the science on it. I mean, this is common sense to me, uh, so that's how I feel about it. And if he does that, he knows. As far as his mental health message, he's not going on any other outlet to spread the word on that because that will be closed off in a hurry, Mm -hmm. those opportunities. For me, I'd still be like, who cares? You got to speak what is true. But I don't think most people are in that boat. And that's why it's frustrating to see an answer like that. Or there, There is another option here. Yes. He's planning a comeback as Michelle Phelps. <laughs> you know. Doesn't want to close off that avenue, you know? No. 
I have no idea the last time he was in the pool, but after a, a few months training, can you imagine if he identified as a female, what he would do to the field? Oh, my gosh. It would be insanity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So did you lose respect for him or no? No. I mean, he did it like a lot of these guys do it. Yeah, you just would have liked Kind of a squishier answer. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to have had him just come out and say, well, no, of course it's not fair. Right. It's not right. No. Yes, I agree. Okay. And by the way, it's not fair to women. Of course it's not. You know, at, at all. And I think so you can stay away from the whole sexist thing. Yeah. You know, because it isn't. I agree. Your daughter's a college swimmer. I mean, geez, imagine. I said it a year ago. You know? I said, if that ever happens, it will be crazy. Because I've watched so many competitions. We talked about this before, where it's men and women, and it's the same race. It's like, okay, we're going to do, you know, the 200 fly, women first, and then the dudes. And you watch and go, if any of those guys identified as a woman, this would be a joke. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys always like to keep up on current terminology. No, I know I do. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, hardballing. That's a new dating term. Oh, gosh. Hardballing? It sounds worse than it is. I know. That sounds like the subject of a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, it's not that. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. It's not that. It's being very upfront from the jump saying, this is what I'm looking for. I'm oh. looking for a long-term relationship. And if you're not interested in that, that oh. uh, no go. Or I'm not looking for anything yeah. beyond a few months. Just know that from the start. I, I like that. You know, let everybody know where they stand. Yes. My first reaction was, yes. I have often talked to people, you know, maybe even my daughters about, hey, you're either wasting your time or you're looking for someone long term. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Because it could be a total waste of time. But how do you know? How do you know what? I mean, how many dates are there before you hardball? No, it's from the jump. Oh, okay. So you're either a prospective wife or or husband, or I'm done. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking for how do you know that to... after a couple of dates? I think it's just saying eventually this is what I'm, this is why I'm dating. Okay. You're not right. saying I am now with you for the next 10 years. You're yeah, not saying that. I'm just saying this yeah. is what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. I'm with you on yeah. that one. So okay. in other words, Trevor Bauer was, was a visionary. You could say that. Major League pitcher, he put out his rules for dating. It's like, one, no feelings. As soon as I think you're developing feelings, I'm out. Right. Thing is, he's known for something different now. Yes, he is. So I would be very careful saying, see, he was way ahead of his time. No, 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 we're not talking about some sort of roughness. Whoa, no, 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 no. Nothing like that. It's just being up front. Say, okay, this is the deal. Just want you to know from the start here. Phew. Landmines all over the place. Man, they sure are. <laughs> uh, getting COVID through the mail, is that possible? China thinks so. We'll get to it. Coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Can you get COVID through the mail? What? I thought we cleared this up. Play a long time ago. Yeah. Well, well 
Well, the Winter Olympics in Beijing is going to start in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party is still struggling to suppress a handful of small, but as they say, alarming outbreaks of COVID. And several have involved cases of the Omicron variant. We know how fast it spreads, right? So Beijing officials are warning locals not to order items and products from abroad because that COVID might be carried into the country. On the outsides of these packages, but that—that's what they want the public to think. Yeah, That—that's not how that works. But yeah, that—that that seems more like propaganda to further insulate people who live in China uh, and alienate the rest of the world to the citizens that the government wants to control. Well, well they, yeah. they told them COD means COVID on delivery. <laughs> what? Here's what I don't get. Well, this is what they're telling people okay, honestly. That what this one woman apparently tested positive. Okay. Then they said, we found traces of the virus on the packaging. So don't order anything. Mm-hmm. What, what I don't understand is about, I think we should be boycotting the Beijing Olympics on a whole lot, for a whole lot of different reasons, right? Right. But why is it that the political party that's in charge right now isn't jumping up and down, screaming that we need to do it for public health, right? They're all talking about how, Great Australia is for kicking out <laughs> Novak Djokovic. So we're going to send a whole bunch of men and women from the United States to China and then bring them back, knowing that they're going to be in close quarters, that the, the, the Omicron is going around there as well as here. Because it doesn't make any sense. Of, because that's a whole group of people that doesn't want to tick off China. Right. And then you ask yourself, why? Oh, they're cowards why? and slaves to the money. Yes, yeah, and half the Democrats yeah. in Congress are employing or sleeping with Chinese spies, I suspect. <laughs> we know one for sure. Fang Fang got the best <laughs> of at least one of them. Yes. And I don't know if we don't have time right now for Jin Saki, Pasaki. Um, big question is, you know, Biden was going to shut down the virus. How do you do that when you can't get the tests out to people? <laughs> well, today's the first day, right? I can go online and get my order. No, my tomorrow. Test. That's or tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, I got it on to-do list. It's test eve, bro. I know you're excited, <laughs> just like a little kid on Christmas. <laughs> I can't wait. I know. The anticipation. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. As always, thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp, and there's Scott Robbins. David, we should own the mistake on school closures, writes who? A liberal pundit writing for uh, New York Magazine. You mentioned before, the, the turn is happening now. Big time. And I would say to the American people, don't let them get away with this. No, exactly. Because for nearly two years... A lot of us have been talking about things that don't make sense, especially with school closures. You know, after spring of 2020 especially, it was evident that you could safely return to in-person schooling 
and yet so many liberals called you a conspiracy theorist, a grandma mm. killer, all of these things. Do not let them get away with this. But, uh, you know, and, and I think a lot of them, a lot of these Democrats have no idea how much anger there is right now over school closures because they didn't work to slow the spread of COVID and we're only beginning to fully understand how damaging this was to the kids. Did you see the report now? Pediatricians are noting a significant number of kids, maybe kindergarten age to first grade, are having speech trouble. Well, I'm sure because of the mass, right? Yes. Yeah. Reading lips is part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Jonathan Chait, a liberal writer with New York Magazine, is at least admitting it and trying to convince others in his own party to admit it as well. He's saying, let's admit this was a failure. They'll never do it, but... Uh, He said, children face little risk of adverse health effects from contracting COVID, and there's almost no evidence that towns that kept schools open had more community spread. Tell that to the CDC director, because last week she was still citing this debunked study out of Arizona about schools and masks. And she knows it's debunked. They all know it's debunked. That story in and of itself should be a huge scandal. And media buries that story. Yeah. Uh, He goes on to write, the left, by and large, rejected all of the evidence about kids and and masks. They did. They knew. The risk of COVID. Uh, Progressives were instead carried along by two predominant impulses. One was a zero COVID policy that refused to weigh the trade-off of any measure that could even plausibly claim to suppress the pandemic. The other was deference to teachers unions who were organizing to keep schools closed. Those strands combined into a refusal to acknowledge the scale or importance of losing in-person learning with a moralistic insistence that anybody who disagreed was callous about death or motivated by greed. You know, and when you get down to it, all of this happening now, we're seeing it in a number of different areas, whether it's Fauci, you know, members of the media, the left, talking about things a lot of us have known for a long time. I mean, it's been common knowledge with COVID. There's a reason all of it's happening. There's a theory we'll get to later this hour, and I believe it to be true. And they're going to keep doing this for a while to sort of, you know, like all of a sudden reporting. What was it? Stelter said, maybe we should start thinking about the kids. What was that, like a month ago? Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. And you notice it's coordinated. It's not just a couple in the media. It's like all of the media. At the same time, it's happening. I think it's for a specific reason. Um, for now, let's move on to that synagogue hostage crisis. Thank goodness four people held hostage were fine. Yeah. But going to the coverage while this was happening, reviewing the game film, as they say, yeah. this is really something. So on Saturday, a radical Islamic terrorist held people hostage at a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas. Fortunately, as you mentioned, the victims escaped. The terrorist was killed. On MSNBC, though, while this was going on, Hallie Jackson brought on Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel to talk oh about white supremacists. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. And keep Have you in heard m- this yet? No. And and just before you play the clip, keep in mind the live stream of the service that was going on was up. I was listening to it, and you could tell that guy wasn't you know Jethro from the Bayou or whatever. <laughs> you know he's not. This is obviously somebody who is not American, and is not 
some hillbilly on, on I don't know, uh, South Will Rise Again crusade. He was just a British national, right? <laughs> right, a British national. That's what they kept saying. Mm-hmm. No radical Muslim. Forget that part. No. Bury the lead. Uh, just a British, British national. national. Yeah, okay. Sure. And so this is the coverage right now with the crazy Democrat, uh, Dana Nessel? Yes. Okay. Well, my biggest concern, uh, hearing that it's at a synagogue, is that this is um, someone who's intent on um, committing hate crimes and an act of domestic terrorism, and it's not just uh, a random person who wandered into a synagogue. Now, we don't know that for certain, but we have seen an incredible rise uh, in rhetoric that is anti-Semitic being trafficked all around the country, many of which are white supremacy Uh. organizations, and they traffic uh, in hatred against Jews and other minorities. Jeez, man, one of the people who started the Women's March has been taking up the cause that the hostage-taker was engaged with the freeing Correct. of another terrorist, Lady Al-Qaeda. Yes, that's what it was about. But watch out for the white supremacists right. and the rise in hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Just keep well, going back to that well. Well, then Hallie Jackson comes back lamenting that, you know, we have this huge problem with white supremacists. And Dana <laughs> Nessel, she gets all the talking points in, man. She really does. This is almost impressive. Okay, roll it. Oftentimes, when you walk through the doors of a religious institution, you are met with armed security because of the uptick in domestic violence. Have we normalized that? Well, I think it's a it's a necessary evil. I mean, if we are going to hear the kind of angry rhetoric, rhetoric that is that is racist or anti-Semitic uh, in nature that we hear, frankly, from many of our nation's leaders, and if we're going to create you know such easy access to very dangerous firearms. Then yeah, for um, you know, for religious organizations uh, that that want to meet in person, I I think unfortunately that's what you're going to see. Yeah, pretty good talking points. Mm-hmm. What a kook! Do you know why in New York a lot of Jewish community centers or synagogues, shuls have armed security? Why, David? And I'm not trying to project on any one race, but since we're in this arena right now, I'll just say it this way. It's not because of random attacks from white supremacists. Go ahead. Keep going. A lot of times it's African-American males who have been let out of jail, even Mm -hmm. though they have assault records. Right. Think about the Asian-American crimes, the hate crimes. My gosh, man. It was stop Asian hate, but no one would call out who was beating up Asian people at random. It was crazy. That lady that got Shoved in front of the train? Yeah. New York? Crazy homeless person? It's like the story never happened. It's nuts, man. They're not honest with people. No. They're just not. And it's all this race stuff all the time. They never go into statistics. If you look, oh my gosh, at black on white crime as opposed to white on black crime, even with the disproportionate disproportionate number of citizens in the two camps. Most Americans want everyone to get along and live with one another, prosper together, the American dream. But you have an entire political class that is trying to influence people to start a race war. It's disgusting. I don't know how else to say it. Speaking of race, we all know this to be true. If I set it up this way, you know Kyrie Irving in the NBA? Mm Mm-hmm. 
one of the big stars of the NBA. Yes, sir. Great point guard. If Trump were in office right now and he was urging people to get vaccinated and Kyrie Irving held out, this guy would be a hero with the media. You can see it. You can see it happening. Well, Remember how anti-vaccine the media was when Trump was still president? Oh, yeah. You can't trust it with this guy. Under that scenario, and Kyrie Irving is holding out when everyone's trying to force everyone to get vaccinated, he, you can see it. What a strong black leader Kyrie Irving is. Well, he's it doesn't the, matter to me who's president. To me, yeah, he's. it shouldn't be mandated. He's the bottom of your shoe now, though. Oh, they don't even pay attention to this story. It wouldn't fit their narrative. No. And there was an update to this story, and I didn't know this. So from the Brooklyn Nets, their star player, best player, Kevin Durant gets hurt. So Kyrie Irving, who can now play on road games, where you don't have to be vaccinated to play, still can't play at home. So after... Durant gets hurt. The question from the reporter comes, well, does this change anything about your vaccination status now that this guy's hurt? You know, for the next, what, six weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Does this change anything? Irving is a little irritated, but I want to play what he said and then get your reaction to it. And I'm here just from the beginning. Well, I think what I'm what I'm trying to uh, better articulate is that I'm not bringing science into the basketball game. You know what I mean? I'm not bringing what's going like everyone's feeling what's going on in the real world. I'm walking around as an unvaccinated person, uh, sort of saying I've already been separated into another group of a, of a community. And I'm just saying to everybody, I'm human. I have decisions to make. I have a family to take care of. There are things that are just as important um, to me as being great at a game of basketball or, you know, leaving a legacy. So let's stop there for a second. So I take it from that is. All right, there's the game of basketball, and then there's my decision to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Okay. The rest of my life is more important to me than just how good I – I love basketball everything else, but there's also my life, and I don't think that I should get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like people forget, too. There's a number of countries. Germany is one that as far as the Moderna vaccine, they say if you're a male under the age of 30, you're not getting that. Because of the health risk. Right. Myocarditis. Mm-hmm. So, again, these well-conditioned athletes, some of the greatest athletes in the world, decide, you know, I don't think it's worth the risk. And there is a group of people, no, you should. If you don't, kick them out. I don't believe that. But you would at least understand the thinking why somebody might not want to take that risk. Right? Yeah. I think to answer your question is, it's just the reality of where the world is is in the present state. You know, you see that there are more boosters and there are people getting fired for being unvaccinated. We're all dealing with it. We're all feeling it. My my message has always been I respect what everyone else is doing with their bodies. I respect what everyone else is doing uh, in terms of their livelihoods. And I'm here to support. Um, but what's going on with me is I'm, I'm taking it one day at a time. That's it. Nothing's guaranteed in this in this world right now. So. People are getting sick left and right. And uh, for me, I'm just trying to be uh, just a person. He goes on from there. It gets a little long. Well, you know, in New York they have, but there's zero COVID cases now in New York. (laughs) There's there's none. I mean, they've done a great job of mitigation, locking down. 
and forcing people to vaccine vaccine that it's worked for them nicely. That's the other thing. As you said, man, there's people getting sick left and right. Well, they still, still like lead this? the league in terms of, of positive cases. I mean, and they have some of the strictest lockdowns and vaccinations and mandatory stuff. I mean, it clearly doesn't work. Well, how is that following the science? It isn't. <laughs> it's controlling I, I power. Wasn't, I wasn't trying to just give pressure. No, thoughts. but it's, it's like, just, you I know, know, I understand. It'd be different if you looked at New York and went, well, they're doing it right. Look at that. <laughs> they're not. Okay. Oh, we got to get to a piece a college student wrote talking about how universities are trampling on their rights. This is really interesting. That and much more coming up right here. show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins news update david van camp all right good news here okay i know okay. i'm you're feeling a little under the weather right now and you're worried about maybe you traveled you know over the holidays or you know maybe you're going to see somebody uh this weekend or something and you want to get your hands on a covid test i have good news for you okay okay the new website that Joe Biden said would be up and running at the beginning of this month. Yes. Had a soft launch today. Ooh, that's a day early. See, it was going to be officially launching tomorrow, and I think that they're going to have, like, the ribbon-cutting ceremony and whatnot tomorrow. Well, there's a big presser tomorrow with so, Joe, too. So, so yeah. if you order from, what is the website again? Uh, COVIDtest.gov? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, if you order, they will process it and ship it out starting in about 7 to 12 days. So you'll probably be able to get it maybe by the end of this month, maybe beginning of next month, unless the website crashes. <laughs> Reminds me of the Obamacare rollout on right. the website. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> the Democratic Party, the first primary. Yeah. Remember they tried to do it with an app? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, that debacle? I'm going to try oh. to order one right now. Okay. All right. Go oh, you're, you're going to do yeah. it right? Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's see what happens. See if they accept your order. You get two mm. of them, right? I think you get four. You get four of them. Per Ooh. household. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> so if you're a family of five, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> somebody gets locked in their room for two weeks. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Yep. Well, uh, for time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and do this other story while you're trying to do that. Or it might take up the entire segment. Uh-huh. Just wondering if it's going to crash. Uh, on COVID, as far as the testing, everything else, you know what? One of the biggest hurdles we have right now from getting over this thing? Yeah. Disinformation. No, it isn't. You know who said that? Fauci and the Jets? Fauci, yes. Okay. While speaking at the World Economic Forum. Okay. All the billionaires can rule over the little people. Yeah. Talking about global economy, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, Western capitalism is one of the big evils of this whole thing. That's why all these people come together. We need to rid of that. It's all part of the plan, you know. But uh, Xi Jinping also spoke. Did you get your test? 
Okay. Uh-oh. Here's the funniest Uh-oh. part about the whole thing. So, yeah, I was able to do it. Yeah. Uh, get through, got my order processed. They're not going to start shipping until late January, and then it's <laughs> 7 to 12 months. Seven or, months. Sorry, I'm sorry, months. 7 to 12 weeks. Oh, oh my, okay. My bad. Days, not weeks. I'm sorry. I'm bidening all these weeks, days, months. Uh, yeah, COVID tests will start shipping in late January, uh, and you'll get your free four at-home COVID tests um, <laughs> in 7 to 12 days after this unspecified date in late January. And Omicron is starting to see a decline right. already. So, it came in, yeah. so by February, okay, I think by the middle of February, I'm fairly confident I will have my four tests. And by then, there'll be a new variant that undetectable with these particular, right. you know. <laughs> Golly! What? We predicted this two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, man, I, I sent you all this picture. I was driving into work today, and yeah. I see this, like, janky-looking bus that's parked outside of a shut-down uh, corner store uh, and uh, gas station. And it just has written on this cheap cardboard sign, free COVID test. And I'm like, this is the perfect photo that represents the Biden administration's approach to COVID, isn't it? Like one of the one yes. of the wheels is a spare tire sure. on this. Yeah, it's on the very much. Yeah. I mean, well, there's some of those pop up testing places that are getting investigated all over the place. Because it's been easy to take people's money. Oh, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't let my kids buy ice cream out of that van. Oh, no. No, this is like the Black Zero. Oak, Arkansas van they had. <laughs> Nobody. I'll tell you what. I'll try to get through this quick. Okay. We still got, um, I got to tell you about this college student that wrote this piece about how campus COVID rules are defrauding and abusing students. It, the way it's put out there is just really well done. And also what... The Chinese Communist President Xi Jinping said at the World Economic Forum. Oh, boy. You know, China's led the way here with testing. Um, and you won't believe what else this guy said. We'll get to it all coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, where do you want to start? There is a lot to try to get through. Yeah, yeah, there there really is. Uh, well, uh, okay. I mentioned that, you know, come mid-February, I'm going to be the proud new owner of four, count them, four COVID tests, courtesy yes. of Grandpa Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. All right? So I know... You know, in a lot of places, the, the, the virus is starting to recede, and probably by the time I get this test, uh, it'll be done, But or at least the current wave will be over. But, but that's the good news, I, I guess. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked today, hey, uh, how is Joe going to shut down the virus if he's not even listening to public health experts who are saying, 
we should have been doing this like in the fall and you wrote it off because apparently there were people even working within the white house that that were saying no we need to like get this program up and running now ahead of the holidays and they were overruled right and so the question is well that, who were those people and was the president briefed personally on it and here is this exchange. Um, how can uh, President Biden shut down the virus if he's you know, not being briefed on these ideas? Uh, th- I mean, that's my question. So I'm wondering uh, who were the advisors and was President Biden briefed on this idea at the time? Well, I think I just answered your question, uh, which you may not have been listening. Maybe you were waiting to read your next question, which is Oh, fine. my gosh. But I just answered your question. Let me finish. Let me finish, Stephen. Stephen, I'm finishing. Uh, what I said to you just a minute ago is that we did not have the capacity at the moment. Uh, we had a very constructive meeting with this group. Uh, we agreed in the need to expand our testing capacity. That's why we quadrupled the size of our testing capacity and why the president had already used the Defense Production Act to invest $3 billion. But the market did not have the capacity at that moment to do what we're doing tomorrow. Hold on a second. First of all, am I missing something? She never did answer the question no, that no, he asked. No, I already didn't. answered you. Smug little. Red lying hot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That, she's hard to take, man. Yeah. It's the smugness more than anything else. She How didn't long answer is she the question. Stay in this gig as long as she can. It's holding on to power. Golly. Um. Tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm sorry. I'm gonna push this story to about 15 minutes from now. The one I talked about, the college student that wrote this piece about how campus COVID rules are defrauding and abusing students. Because I want to set this up, something completely different. I had mentioned what Chinese President Xi Jinping had said at the World Economic Forum, okay, where all these billionaires get together, figure out how to rule the world. I mean, how to, to, you know, (laughs) trade ideas to make the world a better place. Um, He said, you know, first we need to embrace cooperation and jointly defeat the pandemic. And this is the Communist Party of China, their president. Yes. Strong confidence and cooperation represent the only right way to defeat this pandemic. Holding each other back or shifting blame would only cause needless delay in response and distract us from the overall objective. Stop with all your questions about the Wuhan lab. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know what else delays the response? When, When Xi Jinping and the Communist Party in China covers up the fact that there's even an outbreak. Of a new virus. Correct. Mm-hmm. And won't let anybody in and never tell the truth and get caught in lies. Anyway, uh, he goes on, you know, we need to strengthen international cooperation um, so we can have multiple lines of defense against coronavirus. How about not develop one in the first place? Yeah. Get Fauci on that memo, too. And he went on to say, you know, China is a country that delivers on its promises. <laughs> I can barely read this with a straight face. <laughs> China has already sent over 2 billion doses of vaccines to more than 120 countries and international organizations. Still, China will provide another 1 billion doses to African countries, including 600 million doses as donation. And will donate, and he goes on, 150 million to these other countries. He says, you know, economic globalization is the trend of the times. We should remove barriers, not erect walls. We should open up, not close off. We should seek integration, not decoupling. 
I bet he's saying that right now. <laughs> sure. Which brings me to this piece from The Federalist, written by Stella Morabito. And the title was, Why the Ruling Class is So Suddenly Contradicting Themselves on COVID. As we've talked about several times, all of a sudden it's a 180 from different reporters, media outlets. You know, you're seeing, well, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky. Remember she said, you know, the numbers of deaths have been hugely inflated. Right. As far as the counts, and you're like, we've been saying this for a while. Mm -hmm. People got kicked off YouTube for that. Yep. And now they're admitting it. It's a number of different things. Cloth mass. All of this stuff is now starting to be admitted, right? That, well, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get it and then pass it on to somebody else. And so what Stella is writing is, if you think we've reached a turning point on that, like a light at the end of the tunnel, oh, no, no, no. No, this is part of a wider agenda of consolidating or consolidating, consolidating power. And how we talked about at different times, when we've watched how the world has reacted to COVID, it doesn't make sense. You get the facts together, it, and you're trying to figure out how it makes sense, and it just doesn't. No, this is one theory that totally makes sense to me. And so, well, to cut to the chase, remember at the World Economic Forum when they talked about the Great Reset? And some people think, like, the Great Reset is this conspiracy theory. They talked about it. Uh, the Economic Forum founder, Klaus Schwab, had a book that came out called The Great Reset. And in it, he said, COVID-19 is tailor-made to usher in a centralized globalist state in which he and, well, his billionaire buddies can control the means of production, distributing all goods, all services, all information, assuring us that we'll be very happy not owning a single thing. <laughs> Have you guys seen that before? Because yeah. you'd rent everything. You're not going to own anything. You'll rent right. it and you'll be happy. Can you well, imagine a world like that? Right. That's that's exactly the world that Karl Marx envisioned. Exactly. In the Communist Manifesto. I mean, that's that's kind of the goal is to that's the goal of ultimately globalism. Yes. That's been like a hundred year old dream. And now you got enough people involved to try to make it happen. And it says in the piece. Uh, allies like George Soros, John Kerry, Angela Davis, Bill Ayers, goes on. Um, and in that, so if populations increasingly refuse to go along with the vaccine mandates and shutdowns, how might they be persuaded to comply? And that's the thing you don't quite know. I is it some sort of other virus? Is it a complete social breakdown through runaway violent crime? With no law enforcement? Maybe, because we're seeing that. That doesn't make sense to anyone. The defunding police. And then district attorneys that won't prosecute crime. And then realize, yeah, George Soros put all those people there. Why? Well, this is the whole dream, is to break it all down. So it could be Iran, China, a nuclear-empowered threat, whatever that might be, but it's probably a certainty, but as she writes, whatever it is, just like they said about COVID, they'll have no intention of letting it go to waste. Because again, Australia, Austria, you look at different countries, you're like, how does this make sense? These lockdowns, I thought they were about freedom. It's not because the people that are really running it all want the same thing.
and it's globalization and it's power. And capitalism stands in the way of that. The United States, the way of life stands in the way of that. But always and I think that's, that's this is the only thing that makes sense to me. I mean, if there was a country that mirrored us in terms of freedoms, it was Australia. For a long time. Yeah, and I just think, golly, that's what's so upside down about this. I mean, and I'll tee it up for David. And what happened in Australia to change all of that? Well, you give up the guns. This is, <laughs> well, honestly, that's, that's what the government can do to you if they're not sufficiently afraid of the population that they oversee. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, th- that stuff just makes sense to me. And it's interesting, the whole Great Reset just that whole book that came out. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have people defend and say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. What are you talking about? They talked about it. Mm-hmm. And you have the other summit going on right now. It's done, you know, on a Zoom call mm-hmm. because, oh, my gosh, there's COVID, you know. Yeah, man. Can't go ahead and get that together. But that's that's just wild. Um, well, one globalist is now, what, apologizing? The One of the owners of the Golden State Warriors, oh, yeah. who just came right out and told the truth. It was <laughs> reprehensible to people, but he told the truth in saying, yeah, as far as the Uyghur Muslims in China, I don't care about that. I think he said nobody cares about That's that. That's what he said. What yeah, he, he said. included himself and others there. Yeah, yeah. it's Chamath Palihapitiya. I know I'm butchering that. I'm sure I am. I'm waiting for Rob to go, hop, yeah, hop, hop, yeah. Hop, hop, hop. you put it into a song. But he said, because he's on this podcast with this other guy that's horrified by the genocide going on in China. And the part owner of the war is like, yeah, who cares? Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really what? care. And I think what that's do you mean nice nobody that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard. So I'm you're telling saying you personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, oh, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. You can tell it. He's irritated mm-hmm. and not apologizing. Well, no. until now. Yeah, he he put out a uh, a statement saying, "In re-listening to this week's podcast, I recognize <laughs> that I came across as lacking empathy." Really. <laughs> What? I acknowledge that entirely. As a refugee, my family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues, so this is something that is very much a part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that human rights matter, whether in China, the United States, or elsewhere, full stop. I'm not going to give any of my billions of dollars to it. No. And I'm not going to risk the money coming into me from China, but it's near and dear to my heart. Gotcha. Golly. Yeah, the Warriors released a statement, too. Yeah, yeah they're like, distancing themselves. Very minority owner. I mean, yeah, very well, well, small no piece. He doesn't have any say well, about the day-to-day he, operation. He's not drawing up no. place for Steph, okay? Well, he doesn't even, he's, doesn't even know Steph. He's never met him. <laughs> Did you notice, though, that the, the Golden State Warriors didn't mention China in their statement? They didn't mention China or the I'm concentration sure camps, nothing. No. They said, as a limited investor who has not... No day-to-day operating functions with the Warriors. He does not speak on behalf of our franchise, and his views certainly don't reflect those of our organization. What views are that? What what views are you referencing? Are you going to make a statement mm. about the concentration camps in China? You know those views. Yeah. And, and so that's why I say at the end of the day, this guy was completely right, especially nobody in his realm cares at all. 
about it. No. No, the people that could actually affect some sort of change yeah. or say, well, we're going to say no to the money because we really believe in this, they're not going to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, the fact that the NBA has uh, has a viewership base is proof that, yeah, a lot of people don't care either. A lot of people out there. I mean, it's like you read about it and you think, wow, that's awful and that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you don't want to not be entertained, right? Right. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't put myself in the same category of turning on an NBA game with that guy. I don't. Well, I don't either. No. I mean, where does that stop? You're not going to turn on an NFL game? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you support, what, domestic violence? Of course not. Well, I can enjoy the product without enjoying the people that uh, invest, or that have ownership in the product. I just think it's all shades of the same thing. I mean, there's one where you have an ability to affect change more readily than the average person. But they have money coming in from there. mm -hmm. And so if China doesn't get that product, you can affect more change than somebody turning on the fourth quarter of an NBA game Mm -hmm. because they want to be entertained. You know, I always think back to John Cena. You talk about people laying down for China when he had to apologize profusely. He did it in Chinese, too. Oh, yeah. He did it. That was yeah. humiliating. That was. Because he he said Hong Kong. No, Taiwan, I think. It was Taiwan? Taiwan yeah. I, I thought it was before well, Hong Kong. Maybe it was. Went. I don't remember. I thought it was going to be first shown. Maybe it was Taiwan. Either way, he had to apologize. And I forget his Chinese, like, ging, ging, ging. Yeah. Because it was like, that's sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, yeah. So you handle it, so handle information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was it. Hung, hung, hung. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wasn't that it? I believe. Yeah. yeah. Please. We want to make another Fast and Furious movie. I just got into the franchise. Come on, man. I don't want to be booted. Okay. We'll get to the uh, college student writing about campus COVID rules next. Van Camp and Robert show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Roberts. Okay, uh, yeah, people pay for this. It's unbelievable. Saw so the Federalist uh, student wrote this piece. Uh, he goes to the University of Chicago. He's not just talking about there, predominantly there, but this is happening at, in universities across the country. Um, Vita Duffy, who's a senior contributor to the Federalist. Um, I'll go through these quickly. Um, they're denied bodily autonomy. Uh, because they're requiring the vaccine and booster as condition of attendance um, and denied the education for which they pay. Um, that's too, well, because of remote learning. They've gone back to that several times. You're paying for a certain sort of learning mm-hmm. and remote. I think in the beginning of this thing, people are like, okay, but not now. My gosh, talking about the mask mandates, that's the third thing. University of Chicago's administration last month announced that lowering masks while speaking in class is no longer permitted. The point of the CDC just said the cloth mask, which is what pretty much everybody uses, is nearly 
virtually ineffective. Why are we doing this? Then we're unable to use exercise facilities that help protect you from COVID. Right. As you know. That was always a shape, beauty. Yeah. Yes. It, they've closed down the athletic facilities at the University of Chicago and other places. Um, forced into mental submission. You're like, what does that mean? They have to agree to these statements. Um, COVID-19 poses a serious public health risk. My failure to follow the requirements may endanger myself and or others. Oh, boy. It's like that's thought police. That's not academic freedom. That sounds, that sounds like a cult to me, man. <laughs> yes. That is weird. And then surveillance. They tell the story of this sophomore at the University of Chicago living with one of his football teammates in a dorm room double this September. All of a sudden, these people come knocking at the door at night. You got to get out of here. You shouldn't be here because he was unvaccinated. Uh-oh. They're like, how did they know? And then they are ordered to participate in the university's COVID regime. Talking about reporting violations. Jeez. On other students. Good golly. And it's one of those things where if you start school there, you're like, well, I kind of want to finish up. But this is ridiculous, and you're paying for this. Hey, how'd you do in NARC 101? <laughs> <laughs> A plus. This is the Mark Levin Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so people are starting to figure out what? That murders started happening right after the protests? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. The turn is happening. Uh, murders hit a record rate in many cities across the country in 2021, a trend that started after the Black Lives Matter riots and the defund the police campaign began after George Floyd was killed. Uh, Democrats and a lot of national media outlets blamed the pandemic or said it really wasn't happening. Now it's it's impossible to ignore. Now, the New York Times had an article out today saying, you know, the pandemic had already been going on for a few months before this murder spike really began. Kind of hard to, to square that one. Does well, seem like it took off after those riots happened. Of course. Yeah. Uh, the writer then points out the radical changes in policing, but never mentions the Democrat politicians who actually enacted those changes. Instead, get this, he blames the police. It says the fallout from the 2020 racial justice protests and riots could have, con- could have contributed to the murder spike. Police officers, scared of being caught in the next viral video, may have pulled back on proactive anti-violence practices. No, they were told. To pull back. They were told explicitly. That's right. To pull back. More of the public lost confidence in the police, possibly possibly reducing the kind of cooperation needed to prevent murders. Come on, man. (laughs) Just the same nonsense. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to boot the MSNBC pundit. 
that talked about how Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin are the white people Martin Luther King warned us about. Yeah, yeah. I just don't fine. feel like giving it the time right now, to be honest. He's a nobody anyway. What's that dude's name? He's always uh, on there. Ellie, uh, I forget his last name now. Ellie, Mistal. the treadmill. Crystal, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Mistal. Yeah. Race hustling all the time. Yeah. Hear it. Uh, speaking of a master race hustler, um, Don Lemon. What did he say? Was this about Novak Djokovic? Kind of. a star in Australia but- who got deported because he's not vaxxed. And by the way, Australia has admitted, well, no, it wasn't because he posed any threat as far as giving somebody COVID. That wasn't, that wasn't what we were worried about. What we were worried about is the message it would send to the people. See, that, it, that's part of this because I got a note on our fast Facebook page, some angry guy, some angry Australian guy that said, you know, do your homework, blah, blah, blah. The reason is not because of the vaccinations, because the rest of the people in that country have been forced to lock themselves down and their businesses locked down, schools locked down, whole nine yards. You know what's been going on in Australia. And yeah. it's just because somebody comes in with a lot of money that's famous, they shouldn't get to flaunt the laws. So this is the, this is the company line. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. The statement yes. was given his high-profile status and position as a role model in the sporting and broader community. His ongoing presence in Australia may foster similar disregard right. for the precautionary requirements following receipt of a positive COVID-19 test in Australia. You know, his connection to a cause, whether he wants it or not, is still present. And his presence in Australia was seen to pose an overwhelming risk. And that's what motivated the uh, prime minister. Out you go. He's already being told you're not going to be welcome in France either with the French Open. It's just crazy to me. Oh, yeah. And if you keep saying it doesn't make any sense, it just doesn't. And then what we talked about a little while ago with The Great Reset, which is actually a book, you're like, okay, that's how it does make sense. People with the power trying to get people to conform. And it's about globalization. It's we're seeing it right before our eyes. Now, Don Lemon was talking about that, David? Uh, yeah, kind of about Djokovic, but the basic topic was uh, how bad people are who don't want vaccine mandates, how bad these these just grandma killers and horrible human beings are. Okay, because, again, you know, when you're talking about legacy media, most of those are owned by people that want the globalization. Puppets like Don Lemon are just going to do what they're told to do. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research or that they are above the law and they can break the rules. Australia, Novak Djokovic, Australia said, no, 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 no. We're going to look at the greater good of everyone in our society. The greater good. You Uh, see what they're doing to people there? People who think. You know what harm this is doing to kids? Across the globe, they don't care. It doesn't matter. Who's watching this clown? Well, nobody. Golly. Very few. But, yeah, that's that's just a puppet. What a knucklehead. Voicing the line. Yeah. Again, okay, are we going to go in a circle again? Let's do it. We'll make it fast. Might as well. If you get the vaccine, what does it do? 
Does it stop you from spreading it? No, it gives you moral superiority. Oh. (laughs) It's a superpower. Right, that's what it is. Expanding the Marvel Universe. Got it. I told you so, man. (laughs) Right, yes. But it doesn't stop you from getting it or spreading it. No. Then why are we still talking about mandates? But I can morally judge you for not getting it. What is the reason, then? Because it makes me feel better. Okay. But I thought you were going to at least come up with, but it'll keep you out of the hospital and keep you from dying. Well, and and again, that that may be true. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe because I got it, and maybe it was one of those things where it's like, well, it was pretty much like a, not even a really bad cold, like an okay cold, you know? I know. But are we going to tell people, you you got to start doing things for yourselves because, my goodness, like, Right now, if you're in a warm part of the United States, please don't get on a motorcycle. You might crash it. And then you're going you're going to be bending the back of the medical community. Right. Because that's it's not, that's another body in the hospital. So stop doing that. And if you kids stop playing sports, right. you might get hurt. If you eat baconators and you uh end up with a heart attack, you're going to have to sit out in the the uh the driveway because we can't treat you because it's your own damn fault. But again, it's supposed to be a free country. We could remember that. But yeah, but that's that's what this is now. It's the it's the braggadocio. Well, I've had my vaccines. I'm protecting myself and my family and you. How dare you? Kids aren't even at risk. There's a judgment thing going on here though, man. Even with there kids is. even with kids in school now. I know. But the ones that are eligible to be vaccinated, which is most of them. I know. If they're not, they gotta like sit by themselves at lunch, you know? I think this is why there are so many people that love it when something happens like what did yesterday when Rand Paul puts out the tweet because he had said so many times, the cloth mask doesn't do you any good. Finally, people realize that, and now they're saying it. He got booted from YouTube. So then he says, hey, you snot-nosed censors at YouTube. Somebody kind of come to my office now and kiss my beep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now that I was proven right? Nope, well. Probably not. Just doesn't doesn't end up happening that way. Okay, what else have we learned today? Well, during the synagogue hostage crisis, uh, NBC was saying, you know what the biggest problem is with all of this? It's white supremacy. Naturally. No. Yeah. No, it's not. I don't know how you can even make that case. That's what the, that's what they said. No, I know what they well, said. That's what they're just obsessed with, this idea. I, I think, listen, you, you crack down on terrorism in all of its forms, but they're obviously using white supremacy as a means of demonizing anybody who votes Republican because that's how they do it. That's how they are. They are lumping every Trump voter into the idiots who broke into the Capitol. Mm-hmm. They're likening... I mean, it was really interesting uh, watching over the weekend the um, uh, the inauguration of the new leadership in Virginia because, you know, you have two people of color who are in the second and third most powerful positions in Virginia. Yes. And they are still saying that it was white supremacy that got a black woman elected as the first lieutenant governor of Virginia. So anybody who votes Republican, even if you vote for a black woman, you are a white supremacist. 
because that just makes you feel good right. about being a white supremacist. And then as soon as the news you comes gotta out. you got to jump through hoops yeah. to make this make sense. The reality is, is they want to create an environment. And in a lot of cases, they have been successful because people, especially conservatives, tend to self-censor a lot uh, because they don't want to make waves and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Uh, so they've, they've cowed enough people over the years. But I think it's getting to the point where people are, are people have had enough. Because if you're still called a white supremacist, if you vote for a black woman, then you're just in a no-win situation, right? We, people have been in that situation for a while. Yeah. A lot have woken up to it. Well, it, a lot of them aren't black either. I mean, they are, but they're not. They're described as not. Oh, you're talking about black conservatives? If, if, what, yeah. If, oh, they if, don't count as black. No, that's what I mean. So, so it's insanity. Yes. But I know I'm banging that drum today about the globalization. It's the only thing that makes sense. So anyone would stand in the way with that. They're demonized. Called names, everything else. Um, on a lighter note, I saw this little study. The average person completely wastes almost two hours a day. <laughs> do you think that's true? Do you I, think you well, do yeah, that? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean. Well, David's got two yeah. kids under well, the age Well, that's hard to do when you got little kids. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We, yes, you two, wish you could. Two little kids, yeah, you're not wasting time. No, I I remember those days when you had little kids, yeah, or yeah. a little kid anyway. But here's the thing. Some of these things, it's hard to avoid when they say wasting time. If your mind went to just scrolling on your phone or something, yeah, it, that's certainly one of them. But they said the top three offenders are being stuck on hold. Oh, gosh. Robbins is one of the most impatient people well, I've ever you, been around. Dr. Bank. Yes. And now you've got the call back, we'll call you back thing going on? Yeah. Yeah. My son had a problem with his phone. Yeah. Between him and my wife, I think they tallied it up. It was close to nine hours over on a week phone. and a half period. Trying to figure out what, yeah. Yes. Did they get it fixed eventually? It's getting sent back. <laughs> oh, God. Then you have the meltdown of somebody. A week? Yeah. No phone for a week. No phone, yeah. You'll be fine. Right. Relax. Yeah. Oh, I know, but you, that's a disease, man. That's twitchy. The monkey is chirping. Waiting in lines is another one that it's it's hard to avoid. Yeah. It's sitting in traffic. But then outside of that, you know, it's flipping through channels on TV, no, social media. Yep. You know, all that sort of stuff. You know, Scott, if you didn't do that, you could be more productive. <laughs> I don't even know what I'd be doing. It's like I got nothing to do. I'll just sit here and flip through the channels. Well, David and I could give you things that would be helpful to you, but I don't think you want to do any of those. Doesn't sound like fun. I didn't think so. All right. Got to get to, uh, care of. well, a news update, and then an all-you-can-eat sushi bench put somebody in the hospital. Get to that, too. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, earlier we were talking about how a lot of media has shifted as far as now just telling the truth about COVID, about vaccines, about masks, about a number of different things, right? There's something interesting last night that we've also talked about, and that is some legacy media outlets being a bit more critical of Biden 
than they have in the past. Oh, many more. Well, and it's interesting because, and I think Tucker made this point last night, you would think these people never saw Biden on the campaign trail. Right. Like, you didn't already know that he was, let's just say, well past his prime. Yeah. And his prime wasn't very good either. No. No. Um, But then they, they had the clip of all these different media outlets all of a sudden going after Biden in a way that you wouldn't have seen, say, even a couple of months ago. This was certainly interesting to watch. All right, roll it out. President Joe Biden has had a very tough week with setbacks uh, for his agenda, COVID complications and the Supreme Court blocking his vaccine mandate. One year in, Mr. Biden has the second lowest approval rating ever measured in the White House and has never been less popular nationally. 2022 is not exactly off to a good start for the Biden administration. The country is frustrated. His party is frustrated. We're two weeks into a midterm election year, a few days away from his one-year anniversary of inauguration, and it is black. It is very dark for him right now. Now he's in the midst of what one famous children's book writer called a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad time. Yeah. Aaron Burnett. Yes, CNN. Mm Mm-hmm. There were different things that you could have pointed out a few months ago easily. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't done. Right. Why now? Is it because it's so obvious because these people see the polling? Is it a part of the bigger plan of globalization? Is it both? I don't know, but it's starting. I I do think it's so funny, though, because even as they're pointing out that the American people are not thrilled with Joe Biden being president right now, they put it in terms that suggest he's just a bystander. Like things are happening to him, not he's causing this. You know what? That's true. But he's caused it. Yes. It's all the policies. I mean, my goodness. All the policies are upside down with people in America. When you look at the polling, we've talked about that for a long time. To just keep jamming it forward, and even with the media carrying water for him, still people figure it out after a while. You know, that's the thing too is how quiet the pro Biden camp has been on social media over the last nine weeks, ten weeks or so. Very silence, very quiet. No uh, awful posts about how terrible you know Donald Trump was, or how the insurrection thing has even died out. Well, you're trying you know? to do anything you can. That's but, why but they it's need like Trump you can't, in the news. You can't talk about this guy anymore because he's a disaster. You know, there's one thing that occurred. The only me. happy guy is Jimmy Carter. Because <laughs> he's not the worst yeah. of all time. One thing occurred to me over the last couple of weeks. You know, and I think uh, different ones of us have said this at different times when you're talking about elections and voting. And, uh, you know, Americans really get jazzed up for a presidential election, Right. But a lot of times, local elections, they don't even bother to vote in. And a lot of times, those affect your life, you know, a lot more than the national ones do. Yeah, sure. And it dawned on me until this one. Because this has affected a lot. Yeah, you're right. People have literally lost their jobs. Yes. Because of mandates that he is trying to force through. And the children have lost years off their education. Yes. I mean, yeah, these are all terrible things. And what they're lining up for as we go on, when you think about the way schools are run and what's being taught in schools. 
And that's why Virginia has been a big story over the last five, six months of enough parents standing up saying not in our schools. But I mean, as he has said, what the most diverse cabinet in the history of the United States. Mm -hmm. What does that really mean? I mean, radical change in a lot of different areas. I mean, this one is. It had also a huge means outcome. people were not hired on merit. Oh, you can see that that's all over the what place. It always, that's what it means as well. Yeah, diverse doesn't necessarily mean no, good. Good, no. Better with diversity, but not always. Mm-hmm. You just should probably get the best person for the gig. Yes. There's another study out there. Anybody fall asleep with the TV on? This is interesting. I like to you do that hear, from time to time, yeah. Okay, they say it's bad for you. Okay. And you probably figured, like, it's the blue screen thing, right? That, that or screen. just having that distraction, you know, probably didn't help you sleep. Have you ever heard this? That doctors scanned people's brains while they slept and found that hearing unfamiliar voices like actors on a TV show can trigger something called micro-arousals. No, not that. Oh, it means it kind of wakes you up. <laughs> okay. And then because there's something built in us that if you hear a voice that you don't know, you would kind of come to to be able to protect yourself. Hmm. Hmm. I thought that was fascinating. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Robin, you ready? Your big three stories of the day? Let's do it. Trifecta. Next. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, there's a little dust-up in the Supreme Court right now involving Sonia Sotomayor and uh, Neil Gorsuch. Because they're... mad! Yeah, they they are being told to wear masks, and Gorsuch is like, no, not gonna. And Sotomayor has some health issues. I think she struggles with uh, diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah. Um, She is also overweight. And that does mean that her risk factor is higher. Uh, so she is doing it remotely now, but people are pouncing all over Gorsuch for that. Well, she's been vaccinated, but I guess that doesn't necessarily no, mean they wouldn't anything. get it. No. Well, you know, she lives in fear because she has spread misinformation. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition. Wrong. And uh, many on ventilators. Wrong again. Never had it before because it never happened. <laughs> God dang. Yeah. Wasn't it uh, Breyer, who's 83? Uh, stayed out of the courtroom. A spokesperson said he had received the results of a COVID test that was later determined it was a false positive. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that I'm guessing. It's so that's the a white men like Gorsuch. <laughs> right. Refusing to wear the mask. Oh, yeah. So I mean, we're freaked out by that. Yeah, we'll see where Some that might goes. call it terrorism. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what, MSNBC, that might be by the end of the day. Yeah. The terrorist Neil Gorsuch. Yeah. Okay. I I hesitate to say this. I have no idea what anybody's faith is. 
Sometimes I wonder if the level of freakout with some people with COVID, especially, you know, that if you've been vaxxed and boosted and all that, right, it's supposed to keep you from dying and even out of the hospital, right? But there are still people that live in fear, like just gripping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. And I know this is mind reading and you don't want to get into that. I'm just curious. It's like. Do you have any confidence of what's going to happen after you die? Is that the big fear? Just curious. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I do. Yes. Well, yeah, I think you really have that fear because yes. of your heart attacks, right? Yes. Having been there and back, yes. And haven't you always said there have been a lot of people that, because you were out for 40 minutes, yeah. that they saw light, they saw something, they have some story to tell, and you right. got nothing. I got nothing. I could have gone slipped through the black hole. I don't know. <laughs> but you're not freaked out by COVID either. I, I, no, the I'm man not. comes no. around. No. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you were also in a coma for three months. Yeah, and I, I, I have better stories being in the coma than I do being clinically dead. I'm yes. saying, well, memory is one of those things. Even if yeah. there was something at the time, I don't know that you would have remembered it because of, you know, the loss of what, oxygen? Yeah, to the brain. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, you're well, still you're a walking miracle. Yeah, and then they fool you up with drugs, and then you have to start hallucinating that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can always say it was the easiest way to quit smoking and drinking at the yeah, same time. Yeah, being on fentanyl in a drug-induced <laughs> coma will do that to <laughs> you. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, you ready for your big three, Mr. Robbins? I'm Scott Robbins, I can get you to quit in 24 hours. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. And, of course, helping Scott every day, his hero from his top 40 days, his hero still today. I'm Casey Kasem. Good guy. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, buddy, let's go. Three. All right. Uh, well, you want to start off with 5G panic. Airlines are warning of a crisis because of 5G, which is rolling out uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And there are concerns about it interfering with some of the equipment on board airplanes, especially things like altimeters, which are pretty important. And yeah. they said uh, in severe weather or bad weather, uh, they rely on equipment that could run into interference if the 5G signal butts up against it. Navigational equipment failures is what they're calling it. Say it could affect as many as 100,000 passengers a day uh, because they have to cancel the flights. And uh, but they're going to go forward with it anyway. I guess tomorrow's the day. Well, the Today Show, man, it was like, oh, my God, alarm bells are ringing. Red flags are everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Hospitals are gearing up. (laughs) Well, I think it's. I mean, it seems like, yeah, you could run into a situation where you have to cancel uh, in some circumstances if there's weather that doesn't allow you to visibly see, right, you're, you're, where you would be relying on your equipment to land the plane. But what they've done right now is they've put a, a little buffer zone uh, between 5G towers and airports. I think it's like two miles. Right, it is. To try to mitigate that because what you really need – that equipment for is landing landing and takeoff, uh, which is, those are pretty critical parts of flying on an airplane. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. it is. Yes. I would, I would agree with that. Um, the FCC and the FAA have been officially notified 
Uh, Pete Buda edge, edge, edge. He's on it, and he's the transportation secretary. Oh, that's right. Meanwhile, the major cell service carriers uh, paid huge amounts of money to the government for the rights to the 5G bands and did so, they say, based on good faith that the government would allow them to move forward. Another mess for the Biden yeah. administration. They got, I mean, they got it for $80 billion last year. $80 billion. Yeah. Uh, the results of the testing, by the way, have been, uh, will, will not be unredacted till 2097. <laughs> so we have no idea. Well, I'll state the obvious in saying that, of course, you hope nothing bad happens. Well, of course not. But I'm asking the question, do you think that you're going to see massive amounts of canceled flights tomorrow because of this? I don't. And the answer is I don't know. I I don't. Honestly, I don't know. Now, Mm -hmm. they say that this is happening. This 5G thing has happened in other countries that have been without issue. Well, they have tighter controls. Like in, in France, for example, the buffer zone around airports is much bigger than it will be here. Uh, also, like towers are, I think it, it relies on line of sight, I think, right? So anyway, uh, they're pointed downward so they don't mess up with the radio signals coming down from a plane. Okay. We'll see. It did, I mean, I think you saw the same thing. It's got to seem like hype. It, it that felt that way to me. And, and again, I, just, I, I, wanna, start, I start yeah. to dip my toe into waters I'm not really clear on. And isn't it weird that this is just now a freak out? I mean, the day before? I know they talked about it before, but you would have thought they would have been out of their minds, you know, six months ago on this. Well, it was supposed to be up and running, what, in November, and then it was delayed, and then it was delayed, and then it was delayed. I mean, so there has been freak out on it, but now, now that it's apparently going forward tomorrow, that's when... You know, national mm-hmm. news media will will let people know that they should be scared for their lives again. Right. right. So there's your answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> and the countdown continues. That's a great point. We need more. The pandemic's not working anymore. The Wonder. the idea you're going to crash into the side of a mountain though because of your cell phone that's that's the thing, right? Two. Gosh dang. They, yeah. did, they started they, the thing with the alarm well, bells are ringing again. What AT&T and Verizon have done is they have delayed the rollout near airports as well. So mm-hmm. Two. Yeah. Okay. Casey's trying to move this thing along. <laughs> I know he is. Uh, wow. Two. Uh, traffic signals are racist because of red light cameras in low-income yeah. neighborhoods. Scott, they are. That's what yeah. we're being told. Uh, the super left ProPublica did a recent study. They found the traffic cameras in Chicago disappropriately ticket black and latino drivers just one problem even worse racist or not not only do chicago city officials plan to stick with the ticketing system other cities are adopting it as well millions of citations found that households in majority black and hispanic zip codes receive tickets now the problem with this is it doesn't say it doesn't in any of this if they were breaking the law to earn the ticket (laughs) it was just well there's more of them there so and they're saying that's the problem. People are break people break the law some in more zip codes than other zip codes, like anything else. So there's no racism attached to it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this has been, you know, tell me I'm wrong here, a frustration of law enforcement in different areas yeah. of people saying, we got to do something about crime in this particular area. And so maybe there is uh, a thought, okay, what we're going to do is put up more cameras there to try to catch people, you know, breaking the law right. since we know there are a lot of laws being broken there but then the cameras are racist because it happens to be a neighborhood right where people are breaking the law more frequently yes yes so then some of the people in the neighborhoods are like well we we want the law 
to be stopped, but we do, we didn't want these cameras. Right. Is this what do we want? Well, and the they, bottom line is stop people, at the stops and pay your tolls when you're stealing televisions and refrigerators <laughs> and everything else. I think if we all just agree, we want to see just laws abided. That's it. Yeah, we don't want to make new laws. Red, red light cameras are an unconstitutional intrusion intrusion on your civil rights and should be banned everywhere. Thank you. You got nabbed, didn't you? No, I didn't. I, I, there, uh, there are a lot of places that have banned them because yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, if you're going to get a ticket, you got to catch me. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. Remember that once you, you, you were out of change, or the toll booth came and you just blew through it. They find you. Oh, they find you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When you get ready to renew your license. Uh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a million stories, but now on with the countdown. <laughs> yes, there are. And uh, finally. One new Rasmussen poll, and it's crazy. Apparently, what Democrats would do with the unvaccinated. This is crazy. Heartland Institute and Rasmussen reporting 55 percent of Democrats surveyed would support firing people who refuse to get vaccinated. Fifty nine percent would favor a government policy requiring citizens to remain confined to their homes at all times, except for emergencies. If you refuse to get vaccinated, it gets better. 45% favor forcing people to temporarily live in facilities if they refuse to get vaccinated. 45% put you in a camp. 47% also support a government tracking program for those of you who are unvaccinated. And the best of all is this one. 29% of Democrats in this Rasmussen survey would support temporarily removing your kids from your house if you as a parent refuse to get vaccinated. Oh, man. It just feels like the whole plan from the left has worked in dividing people. Pulling the kids and, out of you. If you refuse and, to get vaccinated, you've got kids. They're going to yank them out of your house. 29%. That's insane. Temporarily, you say. Yeah, temporarily. <laughs> so I can get a few days off. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Dang it. Why did I get vaccinated? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know why at this point. The Golly. thing is, you know, there's a lot of stories that have never seen the light of day. Whether it's from COVID itself, or we're finally finding out from legacy media about masks, other things, also with vaccines, because anytime the truth is told, mm-hmm. there's a fear of getting shut down from social media. And they can label whatever they want misinformation. That's been a huge issue. One guy said, So you have a whole group of people demonizing somebody else. One guy was asked about this story today. COVID is over. I'll tell you what, come and get me out of my house. Go ahead. I dare you. There's a lot of those folks. You're not going to do it. No. And there you have it. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Casey. Okay, yeah. Got a news update to get to. And, of course, uh, Nimrod's in the news, which will not disappoint today. Coming up right here. It's really been an honor for me. Goodbye. show jamie mortley david van camp scott robbins news update david van camp well here's the thing a lot of people are just they've been utterly shattered in the last few years 
and they just say things that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't know if they actually believe them or not, but we are seeing basically mental illness on full display, especially by some liberal pundits uh, across the country. One of these broken and shattered human beings is Whoopi Goldberg from The View. Oh, what now? Uh, she was talking about the voting rights bill, which is a federal yeah, voting rights bill. elections. Yeah. And <laughs> she says that the next plan is for Republicans to stop women from voting. What? Oh gosh. Okay. Listen, this is part of the big plan. This is part of the big plan to control what happens in America. I believe what happens in America. If you take those voting rights away, people are going to be so angry, but there'll be <laughs> nothing they can do about it because we're in charge. What are you talking about? Is she talking about her own party? I have no idea. Yeah. Next thing comes the women. We're going to take your rights away, just right. like we're taking X, Y, and Z, because oh, there'll be oh. nothing you can do. This country seemingly, or many people in it, seemingly want to be yeah. to manipulated. To oh, I was going to say to destroy it. Oh, well, God. I don't know if they realize okay. that it will be destructive. I don't, because, listen. Okay, they need to bring a counselor into that show. Oh, my god! And for the millions of women that watch that thing every day that are in that boat, they need help, man. That's off the rails. Guest appearance from Dr. Phil. At Dr. The Phil. Dr. Drew, Dr. J, any doctor you can find, they need it. When we talk about anti-Semitism and we talk about Anne Frank and we can't teach what happened to black people, and we, we, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that's suddenly starting to disappear now. Oh, man, they're oh, believing all this. God. They're brainwashed, man. <laughs> wow. They're brainwashed. Holy smokes. What do you think would happen if Trump just showed up? I just want to talk to you guys, you know? I cherish women. <laughs> I mean, can we just talk here? You guys are losing your minds here. Golly. Holy smokes. I'm, I'm shell-shocked by that. And it takes something coming from Whoopi. But they, they buy into all that. Okay, we got to get the numbers. Like we already when the did. going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. <laughs> Shockingly, it starts with a woman on TikTok and a semi-popular TikToker, Danielle Shapiro. Apparently uh, has a lot more followers now. She went to an all-you-can-eat sushi place Yeah, where apparently she ate too much. She documented every bite, mm. like 32 pieces. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And this is after she had four pieces of, what is it, David? Yoza? Yoza? Oh, they're like dumplings. Yeah. Jalapeno poppers mm. and an order of miso soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it was enough to put her in the hospital. She went home after dinner, felt sick, fell asleep, but then she woke up with severe pain in her stomach and chest. Yeah. And so she panicked and went to the ER. Yeah. She wasn't dying. She just had a crazy case of acid reflux. And COVID. Yeah. Well, see, you got these irresponsible people jamming up the hospital. <laughs> it's like she took one, one sip of water and suddenly doubled in size <laughs> like that blueberry chick from uh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> and then we go to Canada 
this lady decided it would be a good idea to drive her car down a frozen river. Uh. And she, I mean, I saw part of the video. She was flying down this thing. Holy cow. But then <laughs> she got to this part that it was a thin spot uh-huh. of ice broke through. So it's sinking now. A guy said, I need help. When we come out there, he's getting a kayak. And so she starts gathering her stuff into a bag. Her car is sinking. She gets on top of the car and then starts taking selfies, which angered some people. Oh, God. Now she's all right. And that's Nimrod's in the news.